Hi, and welcome along to Early Excellence's Head to Head podcast. It's great to have you here. I'm Sarah Carey, School Improvement Lead here at Early Excellence, and in these podcasts, I'll be connecting with real head teachers and school leaders. We'll be discussing hot topics in primary and early years education and sharing some real experiences. So keep listening to hear more about school inspections and impactful school improvement strategies. Hello and welcome to the first Head to Head podcast of 2024. I hope everyone's had a restful break and that the start of term has been positive for you. In today's episode, I'm joined by Helen Bingham, EYFS lead for Aspire Academy Trust and Nursery World Award winner for Outstanding Contribution. Hi, Helen. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Are you? Yes, all fine, thank you. Good. How's the weather where you are today? Oh, a little indifferent. Yes, it's... um. It's a little sunny, but a little cloudy down here in Cornwall. Oh, uh, yes, you're a long way away. I'm in the I'm in the Midlands and it's bright blue sky and bright sunshine. Um, but yeah, great to connect with you today. And I know we had a had a little bit of a conversation last week to, to catch up on things. So I'm really looking forward to, to sharing and hearing about lots of the things that you're very busy doing down in Cornwall. Um, so looking forward to it. So as always with these sorts of things for our listeners, it's always great if you can just give us a little bit of uh, an overview of who you are and a bit about your career and what you're interested in and your passions around education, just to give everybody a a feel of, of you and what you're all about, if that's okay. So I'm Helen Bingham. I am the EYFS lead at the Spire Academy Trust based down in Cornwall. We are um, 36 primary schools and 22 nurseries. Um, My role previously to being the early years lead, I've always been really passionate about early years. Um, And I started off teaching in a reception year one class, um, just various classes, one, two mixed, and then ended up in the nursery class. Well, didn't end up in the nursery class. I arrived at the nursery class uh, and found my home, I think. Um, And then I as my teaching experience grew, so did my leadership capacity and I became key stage lead um, and then worked on my way up all the way up to head of school. And then eventually I was a strategic partner over two schools. But at that time, our trust grew. So um, our trust is now 10 years old and I was the early years lead starting with three schools. So um, I've always led the early years part of our trust, um, but my role has grown as the trust has grown. I've grown into that role as the strategic early years lead um, leading. Wow. So actually, in some respects, you knew what you were signing up for as early years lead, but I, to, but to go from three schools to 36, did you say, and 20 nurseries, that's pretty, that's that's quite a lot of growing. <laughs> yes. Yeah. And, and that was a lot of hats. It is a lot of hats with, as early years lead, but um, it, was, it was a lot of hats to be strategic partner as well. So, well, yes, I, I fully dedicate all my time to, to early years now. Wow. So you're really you're really immersed in it, which is which is just lovely, particularly because you're very passionate about it as well. So actually you're you're living you're living your best life in some respects, doing in the early years and doing all those things. I am indeed. (laughs) Although I don't Um, doubt with 36 schools and and all those settings, it's it's very busy um, and lots to do. So how do you how do you manage all of that? What sorts of things have you done to kind of help all of the schools? Because I guess that's part of your role. You'll work with some schools more than others, but an element will be working with all of them. So um, what sorts of things have you done to, to support with that and get systems in place? 
Yeah. Um, so Cornwall is quite a long county. So um, and we don't really have a great road network, although they're improving that up currently. Um, so I could spend a lot of time on, on the road, but um, I've got various different systems in place. So I really like to champion that voice for early years. Um, so I try and um, our schools are categorized by the trust. So some of our schools will get more of my support. Some of my, some of our schools will get less of our support because of where they are in their journey. Maybe some of the schools have just joined. Um, and actually some of our schools, um, are need further development, or we've had a change of head of school. We've had a change of early years lead. We've had a change of nursery lead. So depending on various multiple, um, um, situations will depend on the level of support that you'll receive. There is a wave, um, a trust offer that we have. So um, in you, every term there is trust training. So we would have our network training. So we would have um, a day for the rece reception team. So they would come along and they would have their updates. And then we would have the same for our nursery team as well, because we really value our nursery team and they are our um, you know, I always say early years is the most important sector in education, but our nursery team as well, they can quite often find it very hard to get out settings and get, and get that training. So they all have um, training across the across the year. So they would get three face to face sessions. On top of that, I send out a fortnightly email of updates for everybody. It's a, an email that goes to all, all, all of the EYFS team, all, all the teaching assistants, the heads of schools, the strategic partners. So there's a regular update for that. Now, lots of people can have hundreds of emails all the time. So finding those emails and finding that relevant um, information. So I've got a website. So our trust has a, a, um, an internal website where the subject areas are broken down. And I've got an EYFS area. And that is my one-stop shop of information. So that should be your go-to place for anybody from the CEO to the board of directors to the finance team to the literacy lead, the mass lead for the school. That's your one-stop shop where you'll find all the information that you need um, and often all of the information that I send in the emails are, I then upload onto that website page so there's a nursery section but it breaks it down into nappies and baby changing there's all uh, ratios there's all of your government documents are on there as well so all of your statutory documents your non-statutory documents so the website um, which started during lockdown um, and I have to say, I had to retrain myself because I had no idea how to uh, how to how to put anything onto a website. And our ICT team have been very gentle with me. Um, and and, <laughs> and so it is broken down into subject leaders sections, planning, um, resources, statue ratios, everything that you would need to know is on that one stop place. So hopefully, the team feel like they've got a base to go to. Um, and my team are really, really proactive. So we've got a really good um, email conversation group, that uh, network group. So people ask questions, no big, no questions too silly, no questions too big, no questions too small. Um, so they are really, really good at responding back to the team as well. So everybody gets the answer rather than just emailing back to that person. So they've got their website, they've got their network group, which then they meet face to face. And we do um, we also do lots of visits. So I've got some teams where if you need to go and see a certain element of practice, so I wouldn't have to be coming to you, you can go out and then replicate or bring those ideas or, you know, tweak those ideas into your own, your own setting. Um, so there's a strong network like that as well. 
Wow, it sounds that sounds. I mean, obviously, you've got to put things in place because it is so large, but they sound really useful. And and just listening to you, actually, I can already hear some of the culture coming through because you're talking about sending emails to the early years teams, but also including head of schools and CEOs and and other other kind of key roles within that. So there's that real shared understanding and openness of the messages and the things that are coming out. So I suppose over time, there's a, a common language being built and a common understanding. And I think that that's really important. Um, and as you say, connect making those connections, you, you can facilitate some of that. So it doesn't necessarily have to be you, maybe, as you say, doing some of those visits, but facilitating those schools to connect or settings to, to connect. And I think it's great. You're in a, in lots of ways, you're in quite a fortunate position to be having those 20 nurseries as well, because obviously they are so important. And that, I suppose that might also help your transition, because, again, all the messaging, all the information, the communication, the, the the network is already there, isn't it? Actually seen as one rather than, you know, two very different schools and settings. So that sounds really interesting. Um, now, I know I know that you you've you kind of already said about you, you like to spread the word about early years. But actually, I've already alluded to the fact that through your email communications, you communicate more widely than just the early years teams. But I know you've you've kind of taken that a good step further in terms of other teams that you've worked with. So I think it'd be really good if you could share um, some of some of the other teams that you've been working with to let them know more about early years and the why behind early years. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, so people will know in the trust that, you know, I will talk early years and I will talk all early years all day long to anybody who will listen because it is so, so important that everybody recognizes that we all do have a part to play in developing the early years and our early years settings. It isn't just the EYFS team that are a part of that. And I feel like the latest culture in, um, as in looking at curriculum and where curriculum starts and it's going to start as soon as your child comes through your setting has really, really supported in, in this um, direction that we've been moving in. But uh, as part of my, I'm currently doing MPQ um, executive leadership. And through the, my reflection and my readings on that, I realized that actually I needed to go wider than just the EYFS team. And my role is such a big role that I go and support the strategic partners. I go and support the heads of school, but I also speak with the health and safety team about ratios, nappy changing, you know, all of the logistics that happen with those kind of things. There's so much that other than just those bits for the health and safety team. But I also look at the finance team and the premises team. And quite often I can turn up to a premise to a school and I can see the premises manager and um, absolutely fabulous. But then they are walking in the opposite direction because they know there will be a list of of things to action possibly. Um, And so I I kind of felt I need everybody to understand why I'm asking for a blackboard to be painted or why I'm asking for this to be built. So um, uh, I arranged with their, their manager to have a training session for them. So I had 40 premises um, members of staff in the room and um, I talked to them about the statutory framework. I talked to them about Ofsted requirements. And then I talked about to them about body development, growth development, shoulder development, elbow, um, you know, elbows and, and all of those physical parts that why I would like a blackboard in the outside area and why I would like it regularly painted, why I would like a really deep sand shed and why I would like a really lovely mud kitchen area um, and all of the bits that they were suddenly um, being asked or to 
um, mend, tweak, make, do. Um, and so it was really powerful, actually, to have that training session with the with the premises team, because afterwards, lots of them came up to me and um, they said, oh, I didn't realize that why, why you were asking for that blackboard and how it was important for our, our skeletal growth and, and everything else, as well as um, encouraging mark making and all the other things we do. So the why was really powerful. And then since then, they've come back to me and said, oh, um, I've made a little blackboard for my granddaughter or, you know, we've built a really nice water investigation area outside and, and I've been out with my grandchildren interacting and delivering that language and that play with them in the back garden. And um, so that was really powerful. So uh, the, that was that was the premises team. And then I thought to myself, wow, you know, a, I've done that, I've delivered that and, it, and it's really given outcomes. And so then the finance team, because actually I will keep asking for resources um, and money. It's not, it's um, not cheap, is it? Let's be honest. <laughs> no, it's not cheap. And as soon as you say early years, everybody puts £100 extra on, on the price. But um, I wanted them to know why we were buying resources and the resources that we wanted were the resources that are going to last. So actually in the long run, we were going to have those resources, which Yes, they might cost a little bit more money, but they are going to last twice as long. So, um, but again, the theory behind it. So why would I want a um, winged back unit, for example, because it's weighted in a certain way. So actually it won't tip over. The children can see the resources, the way we arrange those resources on that unit. Um, and then all of our resources that we have, you know, dexterities and blocks and everything else, our, our trikes, our scooters they do wear out, children use them <laughs> and they don't last forever. So we, we've built in now into our budgets into or we're building into our budgets a kind of a plan where actually what does that look like? How are we going to sustain our, our development and then future, you know, future planning of, of resources? So you might not be able to have everything now, but what, are, what will be phase one, what will be phase two, phase three, and, and how will we have the money to replace a broken water tray or, you know, because things do break. So, um, yeah, so that so that was the finance team. And, and then I've kind of gone on from there, really. So any team, <laughs> I try and make sure I check in with those teams. Um, so the, as well as the health and safety team, which I work really closely with, but the catering team as well. So we've really looked at snack menu across the trust and making sure that we're delivering an appropriate snack menu for our, our youngest children. Um, and then I've gone all the way up to the board of directors and the strategic partners and the CEO as well. So, so everybody is hearing that early years is a big deal <laughs> and that we're building brains. Um, so uh, and that's what everyone's role is. Uh, and everyone has a part in, in securing that for our, for our children to get off to a flying start. Wow. And it sounds like that's been really powerful. And, and of course, you're quite right. And, and anybody who's kind of come on and, um, our early excellence training, particularly the, the early years leads and the school leaders, we talk a lot about developing your culture and your vision and, and actually always remembering your why. But it makes complete sense to be taking that more widely to the people who are directly, if indirectly, if that makes sense, involved in early years, because you're quite right. Premises teams are often asked to do quite a lot of um, can can you just or we would like or it would be great if. But understanding the why behind it actually is so powerful, isn't it? And we talk about that a lot for our um, kind of education staff. But talking about it more widely makes complete sense. And again, finance team, you know, there isn't very much money in schools. Of course, we know that um, even tight into even tighter in settings. But again, understanding that why and actually very sensible to be thinking about a that phased approach. 
but also recognizing that the reality is you've got potentially 30 or 60 children or more accessing those resources. So even their most durable ones will wear over time. So again, it's about that forward planning of actually that might kind of get past its best date in four, five, ten years, and we'll need to look at how we're going to reinvest in that. Just as actually when you look at a school building, you have a cycle, don't you, of kind of ongoing maintenance, and almost by the time you've finished going through the school, it's time to go through again, and that's part of a planned process. So I think that's that's really interesting to hear, and so lovely actually that particularly for the premises team that you mentioned, it's been so powerful that they've taken that home into their own families and shared that, which I think is just wonderful. Actually, you're having impact outside of your schools, which is just just great to hear. So well done, you. Um, and I, can, I feel sure if you've got colleagues listening now, they might be thinking, oh, we're the next team that she'll be tackling. <laughs> they'll, they'll have their heads up. <laughs> <laughs> So in terms of, obviously, you've talked about some, some successes there, but I'm always a big fan of kind of celebrating what we're doing well. Um, we do always look ahead to what next, but I'm a big fan of of kind of celebrating what, what's going well and what's impacting for the children and the staff. So have you got any kind of big standout things that you want to share of this has been a real success we're really proud of, um, either in a couple of settings or one where, one thing or a big development priority that you've done? Any Any big things to share that you're very proud of that have had some good impact? Uh, yeah, lo- lots to, there's always lots to celebrate in, in the early years. Um, I think one of the things other than the voice of, you know, championing that voice for early years that everybody is aware of early years, um, which I am really proud of is actually looking at the environments. So, <clears throat> um, really reviewing environments, inside environments and outside environments. Um, last year as part of the trust strategic plan, sorry, a bit of a mouthful strategic plan, uh, outside environments were part of the plan. Um, so for early years, which I think really values the importance of, of, of the environment, especially for the early years. Um, so working through a bit of a consistent approach on some key elements that you would have. So you would have a large water investigation area, you would have a large construction, outside construction area, um, sand kitchen, mud kitchen. So having those things um, alongside why, so how those link to the seven areas of learning, how we would get our really quality interactions. So the development of environments has been really, really successful. Um, and also um, doing a 360 where I am very much a team player, where I would come in and work with the teachers and the teaching assistants, actually then making sure that I'm always speaking to the heads of school, asking the heads of school to come and review their areas as well. So um, which is been really impactful as well with 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 all colleagues to be able to celebrate those successes and why we are actually delivering um, and, and and having these resources in those elements. So um, lots of happy, engaged children, lots of happy staff, really allowing for the characteristics of effective learning to come through. So I think um, the other why, the other proud moment would be the culture, actually understanding the culture and, and early years. Um, and I think that's a, that's a huge turnaround so there's still work to be done as always on on the culture of early years um but I think those are really proud moments and then of course we do have settings where um local preschools have closed down in the community and we've been able to open up a nursery because 
unfortunately, um, we're a rural, quite a few schools are rural, so we don't always have a huge intake of children. Um, and so we've got areas in our buildings where we could open nurseries. So that's been a real success to be able to carry on and deliver nursery um, education for communities where actually the local uh, a private provider might have closed down. So that, that's been really proud moment. Yeah, and again, that's that wide that's that wider contribution again, isn't it? Really, and again, what I'm hearing all the time is how it's very connected. Early years is is connected in terms of how you're engaging with the teams, how you're engaging with heads and school leaders, and at a strategic level, and there's that real connection through. And I think that's that's really powerful. I know just before Christmas, I was delivering some training in a school that I've been working in to develop their early years, um, and the last session really was to to kind of bring the whole school team together to explore the new provision that they got in place and to kind of share in, in the successes of what had happened so far. But again, we went back to the why and we had a quite a lot of conversation around early childhood development and brain development and why early years in particular looks very different, those concrete experiences, needing that indoor and those outdoors. But the, you could tell um, the conversation then grew and grew into that that would work for our children and we're not early years. And, and so actually those conversations about young children and actually how to make learning as easy as possible for those young children and to present learning opportunities in the in the in the way that's going to make it as easy as possible for those children to learn actually was really strong. And there was a real you could feel like a connection building through the school of, oh, yes, no, we could do that. And actually, when we do do some of those practical things, the children really engage in it. So actually, there's always some good practice, I think, to be sharing from the early years wider through the school too and of course having having heads and and strategic teams on board is really helpful because we are very much building the foundations in early years aren't we um but it it does need to be valued and it does take investment and it does take time and and so actually to have all of that engagement is really powerful so well done to you that's super now i know listening to you and chatting with you kind of uh, before the the podcast before we were recording i spotted a few phrases that actually kind of roll off your tongue um quite easily things like um having a presence in school which you haven't mentioned so far so we'll pick up on that, but building brains and those sorts of things. So do you want do you want to sh- do you want to share some of those favourite sentences and what you mean by them? That'd be great. Yeah. Um, so <clears throat> uh, I started delivering some skit training as well for our, our local skit, and <clears throat> I was really thinking about um, my slides that I use and where they're coming from, and da 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 da. And then I. I've started now using these, my favorite phrases, because my first thing is, you know, and I've already said this, are the children getting off to a flying start? So as soon as I come into the classroom, the satin, I meet everybody um, in the environment, you know, in, in their local environment within inside and outside those interactions. My first thing are, are they getting off to a flying start? And that's my question that I would ask to the senior leaders. Tell me about your early years. Are they getting off to a flying start? Um because it starts from day one or, or even beforehand when we've got our transition process in place. Then I'm also asking, you know, are we building brains? Because quite a lot of time, I think maybe if there's a top-down, a heavy approach, that actually 
people have forgotten that the early years is all about building brains and 90% of the brain development happens in the first five years. So they're not going to be able to come in and necessarily hold a pencil and start writing because we haven't even taught any phonics yet. So, and we haven't taught the letter sounds. So why would we be expecting sentences? And da, 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 da. so I'm asking all the time about building brains. And I talk to my colleagues and my network team, remember we are building brains that brains are not born we are going to build them um and then alongside that i have a, some other ones about i'm make sure you're living not laminating i don't want you laminating your weekend away so no laminating um really think why you're laminating and, and go out and live those experiences we don't want lots of laminated bits everywhere um and then really also a I get a bit frustrated when people ask, oh, they're not, or they say they're not going to be year one ready. And it isn't about being year one ready. It's about are the children, are schools ready for us? Um, are, are your schools ready for us to join in year one? I have extremely high expectations of what our children can achieve in early years. And they do amazing things with the support of the amazing teams that we've got the, across um, on our trust. But I wouldn't want anybody to think is this child year one ready? I would want them to think, is year one ready for the child? So, um, and, and you know, is that kind of being child ready rather than children being ready for school? Yeah, really powerful. And you also mentioned to me about the, pre- the EYFS being present. And actually that's for you very much about actually early years being present in school, through school, if that makes sense, and displays and those sorts of things. Do you want to just talk, touch on that for us? Yes, totally. So um, around schools, when you go around schools, um, I will actually look at the, the displays along the corridors, see where is early years in this? Sometimes, you know, you wouldn't know from some of the displays that actually we have early years settings in schools. Um, where is it when you see the journey, the mass, the mass journey? And where is that early years present? So if you've got a nursery, is that on the display? is reception on the display your school council or your EYFS team part of the school council as well um where is their voice so I go around all the way up to the year six corridors look at all the wall displays um in you know the the general ones that people would be walking past and making sure there is that presence of early years and then look again at those displays is it that they've asked for a piece of work to go on their learning journey of the year groups? Or actually, would I, I would much rather advocate a photograph of us with our water investigation or the things that we are really doing and concentrating on, that, that living, um, living, living our learning. So um, that so I, I try and make that presence for everybody, you know. Early years is a big deal, as one of my colleagues has got in her main corridor going down as soon as you arrive at the school. So you know it's at the heart of everything that they do. So, um, yes, it's just opening everybody's minds to, to that. And then also having that time for staff training. Um, I'm going to deliver a staff meeting later, but I will be talking to all the subject leads and we're going to all look at early years. So uh, And we'll go right back to the fact that some children will have had um, two terms in nursery. Some children will have had... Um, sorry, three terms in nursery, some of them will be entitled to five terms in nursery and all of of how that feeds into even our children that are starting in reception. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, because it's complicated, isn't it? Early years is very complicated. There are lots of plates spinning. There are lots of things to balance, um, lots of skills and knowledge and understanding required by the teams that are working directly with the children. But again, as you're alluding to, that that wider knowledge of staff teams through the school. And I know when when we talk about the, knowing the child 
really having a well-planned, well-organized learning environment and really supporting the role of the adults, actually they all underpin effective learning and development. But actually as part of that role of the adult, it's more, it's wider than just those adults in the early years. It is subject leaders understanding their curriculum from the start and why their curriculum might look different and should look different and the learning opportunities that are presented around that. School leaders knowing what what early years is about, why it's important, and again knowing their children. So it's it's that whole culture. It's back to that whole culture that we've talked about. And I think just to, just taking back to early years and, and being present in the school, it's interesting that when I go and do early years reviews, um, obviously it's different for us because we're not we don't know the schools as well necessarily as you do because you're in, in it's in your trust. But when I'm going to visit schools, I will have a look at the school website just to get a feel of where early years is. And often it can be quite tricky to find early years information on school websites and and again that leaves me posing that questions are in my mind of actually so where does early years sit is it giving the importance that it needs um wanting to find out more if that makes sense so um i agree with kind of looking for that presence it's really really quite interesting so yeah, great. That, that's interesting because web, websites are part of our, our journey that we're on at the moment. And actually, um, so uh, I have a colleague who's a math colleague like myself and a literacy colleague like myself. And we um, go along to each other's training to deliver um, and triangulate. Triangulate's one of my other fa- phases. I say all the time, are we triangulating this? Um, and actually websites, it, it is a huge you know, they do need to keep up to date, but you are absolutely right. Where does it start? Um, and, I, and I think of Phil Mins, you know, it doesn't just start in year one. So um, actually making sure that presence is there. So that that's one of our steps that we are currently working on at the moment. Yeah, absolutely. I think because often for those schools that I'm looking at, it's not because I, I can find curriculum things and it often starts with year one. And actually that's not because when I, when I get to the school, there is clearly a curriculum for the early years and it does connect through. It's just not being presented in the same way. So the school are often doing it it's just that actually it's not there so it's not oiled the wheels for me if that makes sense or actually for potential other people who might be looking at websites ahead of visiting it's not oiling those wheels necessarily as well so I think that's interesting Um, and I do chuckle to myself because the schools that I work with regularly and this will probably be the same for you those phrases that you've just shared I've got a few of my own as well around why this and why now and is this making it as easy as possible for the children to learn they're some of my phrases Um, I start to hear the staff that I'm working with using those phrases as well and posing those questions to each other which I think is is really interesting and actually the direction of travel that you want really isn't it because you're encouraging reflection um, and you're encouraging conversation around the children and learning so I bet you hear some of your phrases around and about in the trust don't you? (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I, I, and recently we were doing talk about effectiveness and efficiency. And is that really effective? And was it an efficient use of time? Because we're all busy, aren't we? And, and you know, we all work so many hours, but sometimes I want to know, was that really effective use of your time? Was it an efficient? It was efficient. So, um, you know, it, it was effective on the outcome. So yeah, again, I had a colleague the other day, she was saying, I don't think that was effective. <laughs> so it was lovely. It was lovely to hear some of those sayings come back again. So, um, yes. Yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And again, when I'm doing coaching, I do kind of one-to-ones with early years leads and, and you start that coaching process and then you get partway through it and they start to realise some of the coaching process phrases that you're using to coach them through and they, they toss it back at you and again you can feel them going on that learning learning journey themselves and that professional development journey which is always always good <laughs> so I know obviously you've mentioned um that you're undertaking some training at the moment your MPQ I can't quite remember what you said what was it that you were doing 
It's an executive leader one at the moment. Executive so, leader yeah. one. And I know actually you've already got a master's, haven't you? So, um, but as part of your role, obviously it's important to be up to date. And I know actually just because of how passionate you are and, and eager to kind of continue to develop yourself as well as your schools and settings. So so where else are you kind of getting your support from? Any any top tips for people out there in terms of what's been a good read, where you access things, those sorts of things, anything that you'd like to share? Um, yeah, so obviously the podcast from Early Excellence. So and anything on Early Excellence, a little bit of a plug there. But yeah, Early Excellence has got a wealth of information for everybody. So that is, you know, one of my go to places. Um, also, on top of that, I follow like Nuffield Foundation, um, the Nuffield Foundation Endowment um, Education as well, you know, the EEF. So they do some really good research articles and you can get them to um, send out notifications, uh, which is specifically for early years, which is really, really helpful. Um, the Foundation Years um, website is really good. I'm going to say Ofsted, which I could hear a lot of people go, oh, no, um, but the Ofsted. So I really love their best start in life um, that they've really um, just, just given out. I really like the fact that that was really homing into the prime areas. And actually, that's everything we would believe in um but it almost gave that little bit of security that yes it will be that we'll be in that play with those back and forth conversations and we will be developing those relationships and we won't be calling children over to do set tasks so i really like their best start in life um documentation that they've given there's some really great government resources as well the help for early years little um videos the provider videos they're great starts for subject leaders um to really think about what happens in the early years? How does it align with the subject? And they're really good conversational opening pointers as well um, when we're doing um, training. And of course, then there's Development Matters and Birth to Life and um, magazine articles, uh, Nursery World, for example, as well. Um, so lots of lots of different avenues. Um, it's following people on, on um, social media and, and other bits and bobs as well. But there's a wealth of information that you can you can follow and and, and do. But those are my main ones. So if I had any more than that, I don't think I'd go to sleep. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, absolutely. But again, it's it's useful to share because some of some listeners may know some of those, but not all of them. And of course most of those things that you've just talked about are freely available. It's about knowing when things have been released. So signing up for notifications is is a good shout. Um, but also some of it is about making time. But anybody who's worked with me will know that I'm a big believer in kind of engaging in professional conversations as part of CPD. So what you've just said about, you know, exploring some of those videos. And I know on the EEF, there's some really useful videos on there as well with regards to the adult interactions. They're really good start points for professional discussion for reflection um, and you can go back to them time and time again and, and revisit and really kind of dig into those sorts of things so no that that's really interesting um, and hopefully you will have signposted a few things to some people that might make them think I'm going to explore that so oh, I'm, I'm just going to drop one one thing in which when you I'm going back to that bit about things that make you proud and I think one of the things that made me proud was when one of my colleagues had been in a uh, a monitoring day meeting and one of the strategic partners had asked about the Shrek approach to another colleague in the room um, and the Shrek approach is something that we've really looked at in in the trust um, and this uh, the colleague in the room didn't know about the Shrek approach and um, then the strategic partner and the head of school acted out an example of the Shrek approach in the strategic meeting and I just Brilliant. thought wow that's <laughs> absolutely <laughs> golden <laughs> nugget moment. Yeah, you, yeah, you can't think my work here is done, but that must have been a real moment of 
Yes. Brilliant. That's had real impact. Fantastic. Good for you and good for them. Good for them as well. That's yeah. really good to hear. And of course, the little video is free to watch. So um, perfect, perfect in, in-house yeah. training. So. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's about knowing that those things are out there, as we say. So now in terms of proud moments, there's something that you haven't talked about, but I am going to take you back to when I introduced you. I talked about you recently being a Nurse, Nursery World Award winner. Um, so actually... Let, let's talk a little bit about that. Give us the inside. Give us the inside gossip of what it's like at the awards and and how it came about. And and wow, congratulations to you. Tell us, tell us, tell us. Oh, thank you. Um, yes. So my one of my colleagues nominated um, me for the outstanding contribution award. So there are several different um, awards at Nursery World. They have them every year. They have. Um, it was in London, and I believe it always is in London, but it's a black tie, black dress um, event. So you get to dress up, which is amazing, from away from your Wellington boots and all the other bits and bobs that you currently wear when you're in the outside environment. Um, so I was nominated and shortlisted for Outstanding Contribution, um, and there was about 550, 600 people in this room, everybody to do with early years, um, and they give through the nominations. Um, so just to be shortlisted was absolutely, you know, a real overwhelming to be shortlisted, actually, blown away. But then um, I actually won as well, which was just a phenomenal moment. I cried all the way down <laughs> to the stage and all the way back again. But it yes, was just I great. understand you weren't near to the stage, were you? So you had quite a long way to go. <laughs> we were at the very, very back, at the very back of the room. Um, and it was just a real celebration. And then people within the industry were coming up to you and talking to you and wanting to find out about things that you've done. Um, and it was just a really a great time to celebrate um the achievements of not just myself but also everything that's happened for our schools and our, our, our early years children so um, and to be with other really really passionate um educationists of uh, and uh, varying various in you know industries there so it, it was a real celebration of, of all the work that everybody does so um yeah so definitely if you can get nominated and, and go along to the event it's it was it was just it was a celebration. <laughs> oh, wow. I can, I can tell that you thoroughly enjoyed it. And I bet, I bet you'd lured yourself into the fact that because you were up, 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 up on a flight and actually near the back that actually perhaps you weren't going to win. So uh, a double whammy. Well done to you. I'm so pleased and uh, very well deserved. And, and having listened to you today, you can, you, I, we, you can, it's easy to see why you talk so passionately in your mind. There's lots of strategic things happening, making those connections, but equally you're very much on the ground, seeing it through the children's eyes really wanting to be there to support the staff and really really support everybody to be the best that they can be so well done to you and really truly well deserved I'm really pleased for you Oh, bless you. Well, it's been a, an absolute pleasure to chat with you. And I now know, I mean, I know you and my colleague Phil spend time together um, and, and actually have lots of conversations. So um, I kind of now know why he, he often smiles and says, I'm working with Helen today um, because it's just your your passion is infectious. And I think anybody listening today will really feel that. And, and I feel sure there'll be things that people will be taking away to reflect on in terms of actually, particularly if they are early years leads across quite a large trust because obviously it's important for there's lots to be done in that role isn't there and it's important that you in your role get your CPD and actually you've used the word terms work efficiently and effectively and actually that's important to do so I feel sure that people will have taken away some things that they might want to explore within their trusts today so thank you so much for joining me it's been a real pleasure 
Oh, thank you for having me. And um, I've, I've really enjoyed being able to talk about our trust and um, the developments that, that we've been on and our journey we've been on. So hopefully everyone's got some, a little something that they can magpie from it. <laughs> oh, I'm sure they will. Well, it, as I say, it's been lovely to chat with you and I hope you have a wonderful start to 2024. Thank you so much. Thank you, Sarah. Well, thanks for joining us today. I hope you found it a valuable listen and that you've taken some things away to reflect on or maybe things that you want to discuss with your colleagues. Of course, remember, if you want to talk about any of the issues that we've explored today or you need support with other matters in your school, then do feel free to drop me an email, sarah at earlyexcellence.com or why not get connected with me on LinkedIn or Twitter? Anyway, take care and join me next time for some more genuine head-to-head conversation.